If you would bow your heads with me, dear God, we come to you now and we ask that you just speak directly to us, dear Lord, and we ask that you just allow us to hear the word for, for what it is and what you have planned for us and, for, and hear the truth. And Christ, we just ask, we just thank you so much for all that you've done for us and we're so thankful at this time for your sacrifice, your willingness to take on the shame of flesh and to go to the cross. And we celebrate your sacrifice and we celebrate you as the risen Savior. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We've been working through a sermon series called Living a Balanced Life. I'll take a break from it next week and um, we'll do an Easter sermon, of course, next week. And, but um, today, uh, today is one kind of a odd, odd title, Learning to Fail. Um, when I, one time I was told, I was given advice or, or a proverb or whatever you want to say, um, that any, any boy can win, but it takes a man to lose. And I didn't, I think I was a boy when I was told that, and I didn't understand it. And I'm, as I grow older, and as failure becomes, you know, more of a, usual thing, then you start to learn about the, you know, the, the knowledge and the experience of how you accept failures and how you move past them, okay? And this is something that I think um, we need to be reminded of and, and something that maybe we need to uh, um, hear a lot. This is something that um, when, when me and my son Jake are, are Working in sports and, and, you know, as I coach, this is something that I constantly am telling my kids is that the, the ability to be successful, especially in, in a game, something like basketball um, or baseball or, or, you know, or even in business or, or even in your marriage and, and, you know, your job, the ability to fail and not let it utterly destroy you is a critical, critical element of a successful life. And so a lot of times when, when someone gets up and, you know, the first at bat, they strike out. Then they go out into the field and they're down and they're mad. And, and then the, what happens? Three balls get hit to them, right? And they've taken their strikeout with them out into the field. And now they're not prepared to field grounders. Now they've got three errors. And they're going to take that to bat with them, all right? So you have to be able, you have to, be able to, to go after things and be able to fail and then not let that utterly destroy you, but keep moving forward, all right? Because here is the, here is the truth about life is, um, I don't know if you've noticed or not or if you've picked up or not. But in this world, we really, really like to label people. Have you, is it just me that picked up on that? Don't we like to label people? Huh? In fact, usually what, what follows when someone says, do you know what's his name? What do they say? Yes, he's a nice guy. Yes, he's a contractor. Yes, he's a preacher. Yes, there's always, think about that, there's always a label. And around here, it's like, that's, you know, like a lot of times I get asked, which one's your dad? And then I say, Carol Ray, and they go, oh, bless your heart. <laughs> All right, no, 
right? But we, but we label things. And a lot of times or in the Bible, you know, if someone had leprosy or, or, or if, you know, if they were out and about and someone got near them, they had to raise their hand and scream unclean. You realize that? They had to tell people. And, and could you imagine a, a worse thing to have to do? And the story about the lady going after the hem of his garment, she was unclean too, okay? So she had to sneak in. And that's why she was sneaking in. And too many times we have, we have taken people's failures and we've labeled them with it, and we've brought that through with them the rest of their lives. And it's something that they might have done decades ago, years ago, but we're still holding that against us, or holding that against them. And here's, a, here's something that I tell you all the time, all right? And your, your sins are ugly. My sins, kind of cute. They're not too bad. You understand what I'm saying to you? We're easy to justify our actions. And sometimes we justify our actions in the same situation that we have just tore up somebody else. Okay? And then what also happens is sometimes we make these stands and these stances and these, you know, like lifelong pillars like this is what my life is built on and these people have failed at it and then guess what they go through that trial and guess they they just can't handle it as well as everybody else did they ended up being human too all right so here's here's the point of this morning is that life is going to be full of failures you obviously already know that here's the secret to getting to a very mature spiritual relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is, don't dwell, do not dwell on the failings. Learn from them. Realize why you failed, what caused you to fail, and then move on. We studied that this week in the Bible study on Wednesday night. Is right in the upper room, we have Peter who is, you know, wants to be projecting himself as the super disciple. He's the one. He's the one, that, the leader, okay? He's the one out front. He speaks the best, the most, and all that. And we have him constantly pushing himself out. And when Jesus Christ goes to wash his disciples' feet, he says, what are you doing? You're not going to wash my feet. And Jesus says, you have to allow me to do this. This is why I came. And it's symbolic, and it's also... It's also very physical there, okay? He's going to wash his feet. He's in the clothing of a slave. He's going to serve his underling, all right? And so he says, if you don't allow me to do this, then I can't have anything to do with you. And then Peter says, don't just wash my feet. Wash everything from head to toe. And he says, you know, you don't need that. You just need me to wash your feet. And then he says, where I'm going, you can't go. And Peter goes, I'll go anywhere with you. And he goes, Peter... You know, by the end of the night, you're going to deny me three times. He goes, I won't. Nothing could make me deny you. Nothing could keep me away from you. And he says, well, you're going to, okay? And then in the very next chapter, chapter 14, what's he do? He talks about love and forgiveness. 
And here's the thing, even before, listen to this, even before Peter actually believes or does or is confronted with his denial, Jesus Christ has already forgiven him. And he's getting ready to go to the cross and do the most selfless, sacrificial act so that all sins are wiped away. Now think about what that moment meant to Peter. I'm sure he pondered that the rest of his life. That one moment he pondered it about how he failed, I'm sure, and how he was brought back. But with Jesus, he forgave him, and he told him, move on. Use it as a springboard. Use it as a lesson. Use it that makes something that makes you stronger. And here's the truth of the matter. If you use conflict, if you use trouble, if you use disappointment and failure in a positive way and in a biblical way, then actually what was broken and what failed will end up being stronger in your life had you never actually failed before. Huh? You ever think about your worst failing? Did you learn from it? Or are you still carrying it with you today? That's the question that I want you to ponder today. Because the Bible says, don't carry it. Move on. Learn from it. And here's the, here's the text today. All right? Proverbs 24, 16. And th- there's a translation here. Okay, this is written... This is written long, long time ago. So there's, a, there's wording and there's a translation here. And it says, For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. So let's, let's bring it into a little bit more of a, uh, to a more modern day understanding of what they're saying here, okay? So it's, it's um, the righteous man is righteous because he's clothed with Christ. Righteousness. Understand? So this is someone who is redeemed, who is saved. This is someone who has accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. So it's a saved man, a Christian man, may fall seven times and rise again. But an unsaved man who is still in their sin shall fall by calamity. All right? So what's the teaching here? What, what is being said here? Well, just... Just on the face value of it, here's what we understand. Is that if a good man, a saved Christian man, falls seven times, what is required of the Christian man? To get up, how many times? Seven times. So here's your understanding. Is that if you get knocked down in this world, guess what you have to do? Get back up. You can't lay there. You can't let the world steamroll you and lay there and be done. Don't let it smash you, okay? So the understanding, the baseline understanding here, just for the the words at face value that they're telling us here on these nice, aren't these TVs nice, these nice new TVs? Pretty, you get to see the stained glass. Come along, isn't it? So, but we see here that when a guy falls down, when a guy gets knocked down, this is Bible, Okay, this isn't, <laughs> I, got a, I got a thing on my wall in my office, it's a, it's a quote by Rocky, all right, 
Stop by, we'll read it together one day, all right? But if you get knocked down, because the world's not pretty and it's not going to treat you good, but when you get knocked down, what's the Bible say? What is your responsibility as a Christian? What is it? Get back up. I need you to say that with me kind of more strong. One, two, three. Get back up. Okay, there we go. That's better, all right? And we understand that the wicked, the unsaved, their house is built on shifting sand, amen? And when the storms hit, their house is going to blow away. They can't handle the storms, all right? So here's, my, here's the next thing that we need to understand, and it's building off we talked about last week, is guess what we constantly have to do in our Christian lives? Prepare, prepare, prepare. Okay, if you're not preparing for the next trial, if you're not preparing yourself for a calamity, if you're not preparing yourself for some type of failure, then you're not doing it right. And I'm not talking about living a life of negativity, but I'm talking about living a life where you are constantly taking audit and looking at yourself and you are reflecting and when something hits you, then you know what the next step is, all right? You know what the Bible calls you to do, and you're ready to go. Because here's the deal. If you're a household leader, you have to do it, or else your house is going to fall, okay? So if people are looking at you, if you own a business, if you're a team leader, if you're a friend that people come to, if you're a mom, a dad, a grandparent, okay, you have to be prepared to show leadership, to show a Christian witness, and to show true Christian strength. Because we have, and by the way, we have this image of a Jesus who, you know, was just so meek and mild and, and you know, he, he just, no, no confrontation. That, that couldn't be more wrong. Jesus Christ was inserting himself in one of the most heated times in history. And guess what he did? He brought the gasoline to the party. And he's like, I'm turning this world upside down, and I'm going to change it by love, and I'm going to accept the cross, and I'm going to die, and I'm going to rise again, and this revolution of love is going to roll on forever and ever and ever, okay? So you're talking about a man of strength. He is God the Son, all right? So on face value, if you fall, you got to get back up, all right? And we know that if you're ever going to get back up and do it in the right way, Guess what? You have to be saved. You, the way, it's very plain right there. Those who are not saved are not going to, they might get back up, but they're not going to do it according to the way that the Bible plans. So they're not going to ever receive the glory that God has planned for them as he provides the victory for them. Understand? Okay. Here's the next thing that we're digging in, all right, on this verse right here. This is... This is the proclamation of the gospel, right here. This is the proclamation of the gospel. And guess what? If a righteous man falls, what's going to happen? He's going to get back up. And how does he get back up? So here's, so here's, the, so here's the understanding. The number seven is put in there. You think that's just a number they picked out of the air? What's seven mean in, in the Bible? Totality. Okay. So if a man totally falls, all right, who's going to save him? Jesus Christ. So all of us will be brought up, all of us will be picked up, and we will be resurrected in the last days with 
Jesus Christ. Because the promise is that if we die with him in baptism, we will be resurrected with him in death. Okay? So, the proclamation of the gospel is here. And, and, here's, and here's something else we talked about Wednesday night. All right? Every time, me and Javier talk about this all the time, every time one of us gets up and, and talks to, a, to a, a group, if we preach, if we're teaching, we have to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. If you come here on Mother's Day, we might preach about how great mothers are, because they are great, all right? But we also have to, in that message, proclaim that Jesus Christ died for everyone's sins, and you need to accept him to get to the Father and to heaven, all right? That has to be proclaimed. So here's the understanding. Here is the understanding, is that everything you read in the Bible is proclaiming that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, is the risen Savior, Okay, it's always about Jesus Christ. And then here's the other thing, is that when we get knocked down in this life, our getting back up has to reflect our salvation. It has to be Christ-like. So what does that mean? Are you going to raise yourself in the last day? No. How are you going to get raised? By Jesus Christ and be covered in his blood. And when he pulls you forth. And that is the same thing that is going on here is in life, when you get knocked down, are you going to get up on your own strength? The answer to that is no. The answer is you're going to get back up on the strength of Jesus Christ. And that happens in a very intimate way with you. It happens with family. So everybody's got to be in on this, right? Because here's, here's the problem. A lot of times we shun everybody in the middle of failure. You ever, you ever notice that? When things start to go south, what do we do? We all back into our corners and shun everybody. I don't want you to know how bad I'm failing. I don't want you to know what's going on here. Okay? So, you know, kind of stay away. But in a true Christian atmosphere, everybody has to be in. Because we need love. We need encouragement. We need um, serving. We need people to be there for us. All right? So... That is Jesus Christ coming through them, and we all rise together with the power of Jesus Christ. Less of me, more of you. Okay? Your strength is perfected in my weaknesses and in my failures. All right? So, in this message, it is the message of Jesus Christ. And how we handle failures has to be reflective of who Jesus Christ is. Otherwise, we end up like the last line. The wicked shall fall by calamity when you try to do it on yourself. All right? So, just remember that failure isn't permanent. It's time to move on. But may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Jesus Christ, after you have suffered a while, be perfected, established, strengthen, and he will settle you, okay? So it may take a little doing to get through it, but here is the promise presented to you by the Bible, and that promise is that he will pull you through the failure. The victory is already promised. It's like, why, why did he, why, you know, when Moses got on the ark, they brought the, the, 
doves and the animals that were to be slaughtered on the altar when they got through the flood. Do you understand that? The victory was already promised. They were already preparing for when they got through the flood. And then it, here's the other one. Failure, a lot of times we say failure reveals your character, your true character, who you truly are. All right, that's true. But here's what we want, here's what we want to teach is that failure reveals glory. Now, what does that mean? In this, you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire. Let me ask you, anybody feel like they're being tested by fire lately? Huh? All right. Though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And your victory, the way that you get through a failing, is if you do it right and you do it according to the Bible and what is taught here, your victory over failure brings glory to Jesus Christ. And what is the one thing that all of our living is supposed to do in this world? Bring glory to Jesus Christ. Somebody said it. Yep. Amen. All right. So failure reveals glory. So when you start to get through a failure, when you are in a failure and you realize that, you know, you have failed, it's time at that point to say, oh boy, I get to get through this and show the glory of Jesus Christ by beating this. It's an opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity to grow closer to Christ. It's an opportunity to show glory and to reveal the glory of Jesus Christ. So what am I telling you? Failure can sometimes be the greatest opportunity in your life. And sometimes all we want to do is celebrate the victories. Do that. That's an important part of life. We do that here. We celebrate the victories. But here's what we really need to do is take advantage of the failings. Because that's when you can learn. That's when you learn the most. That's when it is most impression upon you is, you know, you remember the good shots you hit, but boy, the ones that keep you up every night are the, are the ones that got hit in your face. Uh, the other team hit a buzzer beater. We, we had that happen this year in our season. We hit a buzzer beater one night. The very next night, they hit one against us. And the boys were crying. I was like, that's a part of life. Last night, you guys were jumping up and down and screaming. The other team was crying. Tonight, they're jumping up and down and screaming, and we're crying. That's life. So what do we do? We play better defense. You know, you got to learn from it. Better defense, you, you have to learn from it. All right? Otherwise, it's just failing. And then it raises up all who f- fall. The Lord upholds all who fall and raises us up. All those who are bowed down. So here's the promise. Here's, here is the promise is that Your failures can become your greatest victories. Your failures are opportunities to reveal the glory of God. And then here's the underlying message of the gospel in how we live our lives is that everyone who fails has the opportunity to be perfected through the blood, sacrifice, resurrection, and love of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're celebrating next week on Easter is 
Because of Jesus Christ, He is the Son of God. He is the risen Savior. All of us who have fallen. Anybody here? You don't have to raise your hand. Anybody here fallen? If you have fallen, you're in need of a Savior. Thank goodness Jesus Christ is our Savior. Thank you for tuning in to Star Church's sermon. We truly hope that the sermon edified you today and brought you closer to the Lord. For more information about Star Church, visit our website at stargbchurch.com. Once again, that's stargbchurch.com. If you would like to visit our church, our address is 4925 State Road 142 North, El Dorado, Illinois 62930. We now pray that God will bless you as you enter the mission field and bring His Word to the world. And as always, we will see you next time here at Star Church. Thank you.